Welcome to Advocation Change It Up, a new podcast series hosted by Dr. Karen Liller, a professor at the USF College of Public Health and director of the Activist Lab. Hello and welcome to Advocation Change It Up, the podcast series of the University of South Florida College of Public Health Activist Lab. I'm Dr. Karen Liller, a distinguished university health professor and director of the Activist Lab, and I'm joined by one of our student advisory board members, Kanika Chandra. How are you, Kanika? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dr. Liller. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. The Activist Lab at the college prepares our students to be exemplary advocates and leaders in public health. And if you just Google us at our website, you'll see all the educational programs we do. We have boot camps, seminars. We do research on a variety of public health topics and advocacy and work to assure students have practice experiences in the community at the state and national levels. This podcast involves talking with public health leaders and advocates whose work has led to great improvements in public health. We'll be talking in each podcast with a guest on a particular public health issue, and we'll end each podcast by asking how we as the community can advocate for change. But before we begin, I must add, the views expressed reflect those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the University of South Florida. Today, I'll be talking with our guests, Drs. Arlene Calvo and Abraham Salinas, about Salud Latina USF, a great initiative that we're all going to learn more about today. Both Drs. Calvo and Salinas are USF College of Public Health faculty and graduates of our college. And here's a little of their backgrounds. Dr. Arlene Calvo is a researcher and associate professor in the College of Public Health at USF. She is assigned to the USF Panama program in the City of Knowledge and has been with that program since 2002. She is also an affiliated researcher at the Gorgas Memorial Institute for Health Studies. Her areas of focus include women's health issues, including cancer and vaccines, domestic violence, and some sexually transmitted diseases such as HIV. In the area of vaccine, she has worked on multiple vaccine clinical trials, including rotavirus and papillomavirus vaccines. She has also participated in epidemiological and observational studies related to vaccination. Now, Dr. Salinas is an assistant professor in the maternal and child health concentration in the College of Public Health at USF. He is the director of the Harrell Center for the Study of Family Violence and associate director for USF's Center of Excellence in Maternal and Child Health. His expertise includes the study of adverse childhood experiences, family violence, and their impact on maternal and child health outcomes. Dr. Salinas is also a physician, and something I didn't know, a certified infant-toddler developmental specialist and a certified domestic violence specialist. He is also a member of the American College of Epidemiology. So those are great bios. Welcome to both of you and to Kanika. May I call you Arlene and Abraham? Yes, please. Absolutely. Yes, of course. Okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for the invitation. Oh, thank you very much. Well, first, let me say, Salud Latina has been such a success. I'm so excited for the listeners to learn more. I always look forward to new episodes and events, but... Can both of you tell us a little bit about its inception, why it began, and your overall goals and direction? So let's start with Arlene. Well, um, Salud Latina started last year, 2021, in January. We were right at the peak of the pandemic. And as you mentioned, I am based in Panama in Central America. And uh, being here in Latin America, 
the pandemic re was really devastating. And uh, the, at the time, the World Health Organization had identified Latin America as the epicenter of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have vaccines. We didn't have systematic outreach and education, not only in Panama, where I'm at, but in general in most of our countries. So we started doing some outreach, doing um, uh, TV interviews, being on the radio, developing uh, interventions, but there was something missing. So we did some uh, community um, assessments here in Panama, and it was evident that the people, even though we were doing all these efforts, people weren't really understanding mm -hmm. what um, COVID-19 was about. So I decided to reach out to my peeps, my friends at the <laughs> College of Public Health, the Spanish-speaking faculty, and the idea was to start small, doing some um, videos and maybe some social media in Spanish, mm -hmm. trying to reach our Latino populations, not only in Latin America, but also in the U.S., who were also facing similar out, um, outcomes related to the pandemic. As we started meeting, this evolved and we started developing what we now call our four pillars, which include student mentoring, research, community outreach, and of course, scholarly activities such as publications and also scientific conferences and meetings. So uh, we have grown, as you mentioned, it has been a success quite rapidly and uh, we have been involved in many activities. And I'm just gonna let Abraham take sure. over and maybe mention some of those activities. Right, well, thank you for that information. Abraham? Yes, uh, the fact that we started to focus on COVID made us realize one thing. COVID really exacerbated everything, uh, all the disparities that existed before the pandemic, particularly for Latinos, uh, which uh, were uh, underrepresented disadvantaged population before COVID, they suffered a greater burden on COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, when we started focusing on COVID topics like uh, hospitalization rates, vaccinations, we realized that there was a need for other topics that were behind these disparities, like the social determinants of health. So we started talking about other things that were critical in our Latino community. For instance, um, the social determinants of health, such as employment, immigration, violence. We started talking right. about violence against women and children. And we also uh, had to address other topics like immigration that are hot topics for our Latino community. Um, so in reality, we started taking a public health approach and looking at Latino health disparities within that framework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for the listeners, could you explain what you mean by social determinants of health? Thank you for that question. Yes, uh, the social determinants of health really are the fundamental causes of disease mm -hmm. in all societies. Those are the conditions in which we grow, sure. uh, live, work, and die. Uh, and those conditions are shaped by inequalities in power, wealth, and prestige in societies. So whoever holds the power, and prestige and also the the wealth will be the ones that uh, have better health in societies and the opposite those uh, worse off will have the health disparities burden so that those are the social determinants of health right. think about um, from family health conditions education employment uh, transportation early childhood stress 
etc. So it really is like the name, the social determinants of health, what determines health socially. So thank you for that. Kanika, do you have some questions? Yes, of course it is. It's a pleasure connecting with Dr. Calvo and Dr. Salinas at this platform. If you were to reflect back on the past year, as in the work Salud Latina has done, what would be some of the highlights that you would want to share with us? Any one of you could take this question. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll, uh, mention a few, and maybe Dr. Salinas can mention others. Um, For sure, when we started um, some of our activities, um, as part of our outreach, for example, we do monthly webinars and uh, do some of those topics that uh, Dr. Salinas just mentioned. One of those at the be- right at the beginning of Salud Latina was um, talking about the COVID vaccines. And we had a lot of participation, a lot of questions mm-hmm. regarding that, and um, a lot of insecurity from the participants because they were unsure on uh, how the vaccines were going to affect them. And at the end of that webinar, we received a lot of positive feedback from the participants and those who had been a bit hesitant on getting vaccinated had changed their minds after participating in the webinar. So those are the types of things that we do as Salud Latina, delivering information based on scientific facts in a language that people can understand and identify with. So that for me was one of the highlights of everything we've done this year. And of course, the same with community outreach and just talking to other Latinos in general. So you overcame the COVID vaccine hesitancy. We are actually, we are currently developing a survey that is going to address that issue among uh, Spanish speaking populations. Abraham? Yeah, and I would say that um from those outreach activities on many topics from uh, COVID to mental health to cancer disparities to violence in our community um, we started to receive also calls from community organizations to participate in their events Um, for instance uh, in my case I've been called to participate in suicide prevention activities uh, for Latino populations Uh, so we've done it in Spanish events that are uh, educating the community but also providers who are serving Latinos so you don't have to be Latino to be able to participating in Salud Latina. Uh, so it's been really great. And um, we also noticed uh, a greater influx on of students trying to do more things on Latino health topics. So those have been very nice to see as highlights from this initiative. Yeah. So could you expand, uh, Arlene and Abraham, on the future of Salud Latina? What do you see as next steps and how will you achieve them? And also, being that this is the holiday season, what is your greatest wish for the program in the upcoming years? Let's start with Abraham this time. Yeah, so with regards to next steps, I think um, we are connecting right now with many organizations that are addressing the needs of Latino populations. Mm-hmm. And uh, what naturally will come from those connections will be academic community partnerships sure. that we can start to establish projects with students and faculty-led and community-led that will result in mutually beneficial collaborations that will impact uh, Latino health in our communities. Uh, so that w- I would say that that's the next step. That requires that we also 
uh, increase the infrastructure, capacity mm-hmm. building, sure. and also the student body get trained as well, um, which is really good to see that that's where we're moving on. Mm-hmm. With regards to wishes, I would <laughs> say, you know, this is something what, that we have been discussing. A would love to have a scholarship for a student that could focus uh, her or his or their studies in Latino health. Yeah. So one of the things that we uh, mentioned was to have an endowed scholarship for students as in the future wish list. Yeah, That's fantastic. That would be great. Um, Arlene? Well, it is the season of giving. <laughs> it surely Dr. is. Salinas <laughs> just mentioned, we have created through the USF Health Foundation an account to uh, fund um, a Latino student in public health, which we don't have a Latino student scholarship for public health. Okay. And that's something we would really like to further grow. Um, for those of our listeners, if they go to so our social media, Salud Latina USF, mm-hmm. it could be in Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, and you look into our profile, you will, you will find the link to provide us with donations. And anything is welcome. We really need the funding to grow, to do more outreach, and to help support those students and train them in health disparities in Latino health. I think that's so important. You know, we were just saying before the podcast how important funding is for everything that we do in public health. Uh, We do need some funds to move forward, and I would encourage the listeners to really think about uh, this request uh, from Arlene. Kanika, any questions? Uh, Yes, at this point, I just heard Dr. Selinas mention that uh, obviously students' participation is needed. So what are some of the areas that may be open for the students who are non-Spanish speaking to get involved with the activities of Salud Latina? Good question. In fact, you don't need to be Spanish-speaking to be able to work and collaborate with the Salud Latina initiative. You just need to care. So um, the most important thing is the students get connected to the initiative. And we have uh, a number of faculty working in different projects, but sometimes also the students have their own interests. So by having that conversation, we're able to align what we're doing with what they would like to do and find opportunities to do so. we have a lot of students that don't speak Spanish. In fact, they they work with a strategy, they work with planning, they work with outreach, dissemination. Uh, in fact, they made possible all these webinars as well because they, they do the scientific research to be able to provide the statistics and they, they prepare some of the numbers and they share that uh, with the community when we do the webinars, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That language isn't a barrier. Arlene, anything you'd like to add? Um, Well, also in research, we get a lot of interest from students uh, wanting to learn more about research and getting involved. And something we have been discussing with the other Salud Latina faculty, we do have a whole team of faculty members from the college that work with us. By the way, we haven't mentioned that. It's several of us um, that are involved in Salud Latina. We have uh, Dr. Dinora Martinez-Dyson, Dr. Ismael Hoare, Dr. Ricardo Surrieta, Dr. Jason Salemi, Dr. Jane Tanner. We do have a bunch of faculty who are working with us as part of Salud Latina. And as we have faculty, we also have many students that are involved in this. 
and we have been discussing on providing more systematic training on research processes to students so they can be involved in Salud Latina efforts and um, use this knowledge for themselves as well in their practical experiences, learning experiences, and also to further develop the research related to Salud Latina and Latino health. Thank you, Dr. Calvo. And I'd like to add uh, that we're also connected to other bodies of right. Latino uh, uh, interest groups mm-hmm. at USF, like ISLAC, the Institute of Latin American uh, and Caribbean Studies. Um, and also there, there's a, a Latino uh, alliance, is that correct, Arlene? Uh, the yeah, name? it's called Alianza Latina. Alianza and Latina. It focuses on advocacy for Latino staff at the university. Very good. That's good to know. So, you know, through this podcast and other means, we're so pleased to help you get the word out about Salud Latina. So how can the activist lab, uh, universities, public health agencies, communities advocate for change with you? Abraham? That's a very good opportunity for us, I believe, because our Latino students while they are passionate about the health of the community, addressing Latino health disparities, and health disparities in general and equity, they may lack capacity for advocacy and activism. Right. And that is highly needed. So I would say if our students could get involved in the activist lab to develop uh, a, an initiative that, on Latino health disparities, that would be amazing. Mm. Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, Arlene? Yeah, I completely agree with Abraham. I think that um, getting Latino students and other students that are interested in Latino health mm-hmm. involved in advocacy efforts and learning about being leaders and advocates for these issues would be a tremendous addition to Salud Latina. Very, very good. Well, now I'd like to ask our student, Kanika, a question about the feelings of students, since we're on this topic, about the Latina population and the focus of Salud Latina. Um, Is this of interest to your generation? And do you think the activist lab would be interested, as we just heard? And, And if it is, how do you see you as a group maybe replicating or growing Uh, what Salud Latina is doing. Absolutely. This is awe-inspiring, to say the least. And uh, since we all share a very common ground, that is practicing public health, being passionate about. So yes, I can take a leaf from them, I would say. Collaboration is where we can just collaborate as an activist lab with Salud Latina and be on a bigger scale, probably do more seminars and Mm -hmm. disseminate the common knowledge that we share. Also, I would rather say take from my own experience, being from the Asian community representing India, we have a sizable population of Asians here right. at USF. Mm-hmm. So why not go ahead and make something on similar lines for other communities? There are Bangladeshis, there are Indians, there are Pakistanis, there are Sri Lankans, there are Bangla-speaking, Hindi-speaking. So why not get them on those lines and start something new? Right. Oh, that would be fantastic. Abraham. Yes, I, I, this is really exciting. I'd like to say something about Salud Latina. We take an intersectionality approach. Right. So for us, uh, Latino health is, yes, is, that's the focus, but that's not how we approach things. Uh, we approach things taking an intersectional equity. And let me elaborate on that. That means that everything that uh, requires equity, it's also part of our mission. 
Like, for instance, every black uh, health issues is also Latino health issues because thousands of Latinos are blacks and thousands of blacks are Latinos. That's right. Every immigrant issue is also our immigrant mm -hmm. issue. You don't have to be Latino immigrants right. because thousands of people who are, are Latinos are immigrants and vice versa. And by advancing health equity and all fronts, uh, we will be advancing the health of the entire population. So it's saying with if LGBTQ issues are also right. Latino issues because thousands of Latinos are LGBTQ and vice versa. And it, so this is something that uh, we definitely uh, encourage. Yeah. Excellent. Arlene? Yeah, I just wanted to add that uh, Salud Latina has, um, it, it's closely related to a student organization that was born from one of our doctoral students, Eric Ruiz. He started the American Public Health Association Latino Student Caucus um, as part of the Salud Latina Initiative. And this is, I want to mention and, and promote it a bit among <laughs> students. Sure. This is the only, um, the first and only Latino caucus for APHA in the country. So we're very proud of this and what he has achieved. We have had several meetings with students. We're planning another one in mid-January. So all of you who are listening to the podcast, who might be interested in participating, uh, let us know. Reach out to Salud Latina USF, and we will connect you with our student group. That was so great about that association and yeah, about that I'm organization. Happy to learn about that. Yes, yes, and we can certainly help you in the Activist Lab get the word out about that as well. So, um, for both Abraham and Arlene, I'd like to ask though, could you again give the website for Salud Latina because many of our listeners are from the community and not at USF. So, would you please give that again and help direct people to your site? Right now we're under development and it will be under the College of Public Health at USF. Okay. But in the meantime, our followers can go to all of our social media at Salud Latina USF. Okay. Either in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're in all of those social media. We regularly post information on health issues. For example, yesterday was International Hand Washing Day and we posted a lot of information related to hand washing and the importance of it to prevent infections. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the type of information that we put out there. Okay, very good. Abraham? Yes, I would say that hey, you can also reach out to us, to our emails. Mm -hmm. hey, would you like me to say my email? Sure, uh, if you would is, like to give it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so my name is Abraham Salinas, and my email is my initial A, and then last name, Salinas, A Salinas at usf.edu. Um, and you can reach out to, to us uh, with questions. We also ask in all of our webinars, uh, at the end, an evaluation that uh, have a question that includes what other topics would you like to see? Right. And we look at those uh, co uh, responses to create the new topics for the next uh, iteration. And Arlene? I just wanted to add that Salud Latina also has um, an email address, which is saludlatinausf at usf.edu if you have more direct questions to us. Yes, thank you. And also, the College of Public Health, if you just go to that on Google, just USF College of Public Health, there is a faculty page, and you can find all of our emails there. They're fully available there to, to the public. 
So, well, I'd like to have some closing remarks now from Abraham, from Arlene, and from Kanika about what we learned on the podcast today and just what they'd like to share. So let's start with Abraham. Thank you. I would like to say that Salulatina is public health, and it's it's an interest not that uh, it's only available or should be a, a part of Latino communities. In fact, we all should care about uh, health disparities in general. And this is part of the approach to address improve health equity in our college. Um, so if you want to get involved and want to get experience, or even if you're not Latino uh, and you want to, like, learn how we do things with uh, underrepresented community, in this case Latinos, please, by all means, contact us. Um, that you don't need to be Latino for that. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Arlene? Yeah, I just wanted to add that we continue working in our communities. We need more volunteers mm-hmm. to be able to achieve this. So feel free to reach out. We are all inclusive. We welcome <laughs> all <laughs> all uh, all races or all ethni- ethnicities and um, as Dr. Salina has mentioned, it's not only about Latinos. We are focusing on Latinos mostly because of the language barrier. Right. In this case, because we're doing it in Spanish, we do everything in Spanish, mm-hmm. the, the outreach, the education, the webinars, the social media, but we also work in English and it is about reaching those communities that are most in need and that um, would like to be involved also with um, the inclusion of these diverse populations. As we continue to grow, we look forward to working more with students, with student mentoring and uh, systematic training, also mm-hmm. looking for additional partners. Excellent. And, um, doing more research and adding more to our resources. As I mentioned, we our resources tend to be limited. We have had uh, a lot of luck because our college has been incredibly supportive of us with all of the resources and funding we have received, but we need more. For example, mm-hmm. as we mentioned before, to fund a, a student scholarship. So um, please, if you can, <laughs> the season of giving again, <laughs> uh, please go into our social media profiles and you will find the link to donate to our foundation. Also wanted to acknowledge, especially through our staff support, which include Carlos Montoya with all of our webinars and communications, and also Anna Major, who has helped us a lot with getting organized, doing the social media, doing outreach, communications, writing articles, so um, they have been a great support for Salud Latina. To add just a little bit, we'd like to grow more as well to cover other languages if possible, mm-hmm. like Portuguese, yeah, so French. so exciting for that. Uh, but right now we, we are getting just started with Spanish because that's, right. that's the largest group of faculty that we have here. Sure. Um, I don't speak Portuguese, I don't speak French, but it would be great to have in the future uh, that representation yeah, and other languages. Too. And Salud Latina could be the model. Right. For all of these other groups, which is which is so exciting. And Kanika, some final so words? I already thought over a name. It's going to be Namaste. <laughs> all right. We already have a name. <laughs> yeah. Namaste India or probably Namaste Asia. I love it. So, yeah. And uh, you just told us that we could be shattering boundaries. Language is not going to hold us back when we want to practice our passion. So that is what we are going to go ahead, get involved. And I think this is a great opportunity, a great window for so many other students 
students to come over and get involved. And uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to shoot an email just after this there podcast. There you go. That's the Activist Lab in action. There we go. I love it. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you so much. On behalf of the USF College of Public Health Activist Lab, our wonderful guests, Drs. Calvo and Salinas, and our student co-host, Kanika, we thank you for joining us. And hey, keep listening. We have more podcasts coming soon. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Let us know how we did by emailing us at cophactivistlab at usf.edu. So hey, until next time, this is Dr. Karen Liller. Remember, find your voice. Let's change it up for the better. Keep listening and join Advocation Change It Up. Tell your friends and family we're on all media, Apple, Spotify, and more. So thank you again. And hey, as it gets safer to be out and about, come see us in the Activist Lab. And happy holidays, everyone.